The first thing is first thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale on 760 WJR, where Michigan comes to talk. Well, 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 look who's skipping town just as the snow's moving in. <laughs> I planned that by design. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> now, Renee and uh, her uh, new hubby are going to be taking uh, some well-deserved time off next week. Um, I'll miss you, but I'm sure the listeners will miss you even more listening Aww. to me drone on and on all by myself for an entire week. You're going to do a great job. I know Jason's you will. Gonna, Jason's going to have to jump in and save me multiple times, Jay. So be on your You toes. know, as soon as I ask the office for my bump and pay, no problem. I'll, you know, I'll chime in whenever. <laughs> you know what? I asked the office for a bump and pay. They told me my reward was in heaven, which, uh, you know, hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully that's a long-term investment and not a short-term payoff. I usually get an, another pat on the back or yeah. uh, a uh, job I'm, well done. I'm going to miss get, you both terribly. Thank you. We'll miss you too. We'll uh, try to enjoy your vacation without us. Oh, I, I will try my best. I'm looking forward. You know, we're, it's a two-parter. We're going to go see the Lions in New Orleans. I'm looking forward to that. The Lions are undefeated when you're in, in attendance, aren't they? I They are. Yeah, this yeah. season they are. Actually, you know what? They are every time I've seen them in attendance, even right, in their worst right, seasons. Get right. Oh, even when they were bad. All yeah, right. Well, yeah. Get right game, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, you get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. Oh, baby. I'm ready now. Uh, the truce is over in uh, Israel and Gaza, so to speak, and fighting has resumed. Uh, but talks are ongoing. Maybe. Uh, so maybe we might be seeing like a bunch of uh, sporadic, occasional, temporary ceasefires. But nonetheless, fighting has resumed. Uh, and the New York Times released a report that said Israeli officials intervene, uh, intercepted a Hamas plan of attack on Israel a year ago, but dismissed it, thinking that there is no way Hamas could have pulled it off. And uh, uh, I, that's that's quite a shocking uh development of events there renee yeah what what did they do with nah nah this will never happen who dismissed this you know I mean, the, the, they're saying that, that it's unknown as of right now if netanyahu had uh any idea if he was privy to this information or not but holy cow i mean you would think at the very least you would keep a closer eye on your borders, keep, keep a closer eye on your vulnerable spots and a closer eye on Hamas. But uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing more about this over the coming days. But uh, if this is true, um, then it's it's a, a massive, massive failure of intelligence, which yeah. it, it looked to be initially. Uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, he met with Benjamin Netanyahu, urging him to do more to protect Palestinian civilians um, when the military attacks resume after a temporary ceasefire. And I think that uh, that comes as a relief to to a lot of people. I think as shocked as we were at the brutality of the original October 7th event on Hamas on Israel, I think a lot of us were, all, were also equally as shocked at the amount of women and children who got caught up in the crossfire of the bombings in Gaza. I like how Hamas said that they were running out of hostages to find a handover. Mm, I'm not buying that. Um, I I guess I would say I'm I would buy it just because what they take two hundred two hundred something. Yeah. Um. So you know, just numbers wise, you know that they're dwindling. But I I, I think you're right. 
um, when it comes to them just making up excuses. I think they could release more hostages. I think I think what they're doing is they want to hold on to a, a couple so they have some kind of leverage. Right. right? Yeah. So, don't don't tell me that you've cleaned out the fridge. That that's it. That's there's no more. Come on. Yeah, I mean, there's at least six Americans left who are unaccounted for. Right. And, and that's just Americans, which is a small, small fraction of the 200-odd-some that they took October 7th. Right. Um, I didn't know that Donald Trump had his gag order dropped in his uh, civil case out in New York, but I guess he did, and it's been reinstated. Yeah, he's going to have to watch his words or potentially face repercussions. Uh, a New York ju- appeals, excuse me, a New York appeals court reinstated a gag order on the former president in his civil trial. The order bars Trump from making comments about court personnel in the trial. Now, the initial gag order was put in place in October after Trump made disparaging comments about the judge's law clerk. The former president was then fined $15,000 for violating the order. An appellate judge suspended ended the gag order on November 16th, saying that he was concerned that it infringed on Trump's free speech rights. However, the four-judge panel ruled that the uh, gag order can be put back in place. While the gag order was suspended, Trump made comments about the law clerk. Excuse me. Well, on Wednesday, he called her disturbed and angry on Truth Social. Well, he's expected to return to the stand on December 11th. He just can't stop. Yeah, and I guess if the penalty is fifteen thousand dollars to Donald Trump, that's that's worth a it. Nickel. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, think about when you were really a time you were really PO'd at somebody and wanted to tell them about themselves, and they say, "Okay, you can't say anything disparaging against this person unless you pay a quarter." Right, you're gonna exactly. pay that quarter. It's a swear jar. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously these. For for somebody as rich and powerful as Donald Trump, these gag orders have no teeth. It's not. I guess you have to put them in place just to say you did it. But, yeah. I mean, he's going to do what, what he wants. I mean, now if it was like a half a million dollars, <laughs> that might sting a little more. Right. I, I would yeah. love if it was a, a higher stake and then they took that money and gave it to a charity or something like that. Like, let, let's, now, where, you know. Where does that money go? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. Honestly, that's a great you know question. What, you know what you should do if you want to punish him? Take all the money that he's fined and donate it to his uh, opponent in the uh, <gasps> in the election. That is up. a great idea, Mike. That's a I'm really sure that's, good idea. That would put him in check. I mean, I'm sure that's probably highly illegal and it, unethical. It is but, completely. But, you know, that would be progress. It, it, it would put him it in would, check. It would be the only deterrent, I would right. think. Yeah. For more good yet illegal ideas, <laughs> tune in the first thing every morning from five to six. All right, so we're going uh, the wholesome route. <laughs> Give yeah, it to a right. charity. <laughs> Give it to a charity. No, no, forget those kids. <laughs> Give it to the Democrats. <laughs> Local radio hosts <laughs> suggest taking money from charity and giving it to the Democrats. I'm going to be on the front page of Breitbart. Right here come the attacks. <laughs> we're right. What else is new? Right. <laughs> um, so we're we're getting more information of that mysterious death at Bacombe Community College, where uh, a 36 year old man was found dead in the ductwork at the Performance Arts Center. That has been ruled by the Oakland County Medical Examiner as an accident. Said that 36 uh, year old Jason Thompson was asphyxiated after he got trapped in the HVAC system. Now, police say that Thompson was texting with his sister 
uh, the night he went missing, saying that he was on campus. He said that he was on the run from police and he was on the roof at Macomb Community ah. College. And then he texted that he was in the ductwork. And it, it seems like what happened is he's crawling in the ductwork and then the ductwork got more and more narrow. And then he got caught in this air area that like slopes down and he couldn't get out. Oh. Um, the tragic thing is that community college police, they checked the roof and they said they saw no signs of somebody trying to get into the ventilation system. Okay. So, oh. um, Still yeah, very it's tragic. It, it is very tragic because obviously the guy was running from police. I don't know what he was on the run uh, for. I don't know what kind of demons that he was facing, but you have to wonder, all right, if if community college police were a little more thorough, a little more observant, if they could have found this guy, yeah. arrested him, and at least saved his life. Saved his life. He does leave behind two young children, and that's, you know, that's what's very sad. A man's right. lost his life, and two children are left behind. Yeah, and, and his sister, too, I mean, who really, really um, tried to um, – launch a social media campaign to try to find him. Yep. Um, obviously, uh, I don't know what the family dynamic was, but obviously, though he was trouble, he seemed very loved. So, yep. um, yeah, very tragic. And um, a huge, huge infrastructure project has just been unveiled by the White House. Yeah, most U.S. cities, <clears throat> excuse me, would have to replace lead water pipes within 10 years under strict new rules proposed by the EPA as the Biden administration moves to reduce lead in drinking water and prevent public health crises like the ones in Flint and Washington, D.C. Millions of people consume drinking water from lead pipes, and the agency said tighter standards would improve IQ. IQ scores in children and reduce high blood pressure and heart disease in adults. It's the strongest overhaul of lead rules in more than three decades. It will cost billions of dollars. Pulling it off will require overcoming enormous practical and financial obstacles. The Biden administration has previously said it wants all of the nation's roughly 9 million lead pipes to be removed and rapidly. Uh, lead pipes connect water mains in the street to homes and are typically the biggest source of lead in drinking water. They're most common in older industrial parts of the country. Lead crises have hit poor majority black cities like Flint, especially hard. Some cities with lots of lead pipes might have been given longer deadlines or maybe given longer deadlines. The pub public will have a chance to comment on the proposal and the agency expects to publish a final version of the rule in the fall of 2024. There is then a waiting period before it goes into effect. And, you know, this is something I'm completely fine with my tax dollars going to. I mean, Absolutely. This is something that's long overdue. And I didn't know that there was a water crisis in Washington, D.C. That probably was the catalyst for change, not so much Flint. But I think what Flint did was uncover uh, that this was happening all over Elsewhere, the place. Sure. Yeah. And, and this is something that probably should have been done decades ago. All right, we are running late. Surprise, surprise. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale on WJR. So, Renee, I don't know if you caught the big Ron DeSantis versus Gavin Newsom debate, Florida versus California, last night on Hannity. Uh, but I, I, I made it about a half hour in before I, I checked out. You know, I missed it. I actually wanted to see it. Curiosity, but uh, I was busy packing for my trip. Did you see what? it? Yeah, like I said, I, I, I made it about a half hour through. It sounded like you made the right decision. Oh. Um, 
<laughs> the only person who I understood why they, they were there was Hannity, right? Because <laughs> Hannity, his job. Because he was get getting ratings. paid to be there? Yeah, right. He's like, I got an hour to kill anyway. Might as well have these guys. No, I mean, obviously, Hannity did it for the ratings, which is his job. Right. But uh, I, I I, still don't know why Ron DeSantis or Gavin Newsom were there, especially with Ron DeSantis running for president and Gavin Newsom maybe secretly running for president. We'll see. Um, but, I, you know, I didn't really see a benefit in watching it. I, I, I know I'm not voting for Ron DeSantis. Gavin Newsom's not even technically running for president. So why were they there? Uh, I guess the saying, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, and I, I think if anything, maybe it does give credence to the theory that Gavin Newsom might be waiting in the wings to run for president. If not this year, if there's a coup in the in the, the Democrat Party, maybe down the line. I mean, he, he does he does appear to be young. And he does appear to be sort of the Democrat Party's next superstar. Yeah, what is he in the, his 50s? Yeah, I think so. Um, all I know is that he's got very, very white teeth. <laughs> I think his teeth are much younger than him. Okay. <laughs> but uh, look, the veneers. Gonna, right, yeah. Yeah, you got you, you to have pearly whites out in uh, sunny Cal. But, I mean, here's the thing. I wasn't going to force myself to stay awake for this, right? It's Thursday. It's been a long, it's been a long week. It's not like this is the uh, a debate against uh, legitimate presidential candidates, at well, least. And nobody's watching the legitimate debates anyway, we've learned. Right. right. I mean, those you kind of have to for democracy's sake, but you're absolutely right. And I'm not even sure if, if I'm going to tune into the one that's coming up next week. Um, but, I, I mean, here's the thing. Newsom, he's kind of a pretty boy. He seems to be as greasy as any other politician. But, I mean, he took it to DeSantis pretty pretty well. I mean, he was pretty uh, aggressive. DeSantis had this weird smile on his face the whole time. And I he guess, always uh, does. It's a little creepy, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah, who is creepier? Um, but I don't know. We'll see what the, what, what the buzz was, what the ratings were. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it may, maybe Hannity can turn this into a, to a niche thing I, because it was – it was billed as red state versus blue state debate, not necessarily Ron DeSantis versus Gavin Newsom. Um, so, so maybe it, it, he could, if he can find a Democrat who wants to show up on Fox News and know they're going into not so friendly territory, maybe he can have more of these debates between high profile members of both parties. Like, what? How about like a Lauren Boebert versus Alexandria Ocasio Cortez debate? I mean, that would be pretty explosive. <laughs> yeah, it would. So, but I mean, I gotta say, I haven't watched Hannity maybe ever. I haven't heard his radio show since we had him on on WJR. I feel like Hannity was doing his best to try to be fair. At least I feel like he at least had some respect and and a fondness for Gavin Newsom. Well, maybe then mission like, accomplished accomplished look what look what just happened you tuned in i did tune in so hopefully um they get they 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 can get a nice revenue bump from that half hour uh that i was watching they got the Uh, male 30 something viewer right there mission accomplished right uh, but they lost the tired male thirty something uh, <laughs> contingency <through>. for the <laughs> at nine thirty. Grandpa, Grandpa needs I'm to go. So to bed. tired. Well, uh, then football was on, so it's it was uh, easy to click. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you're cowboy. See, yeah, I, I 
I, I, one day I'll tell you about my my complicated protocol for f- switching between uh, football games. It, it, yeah, it's it's a little it's a little it more inconvenient to flip to a game on Amazon Prime. So once you're there, you're you're there. You're not flipping around channels. So that's another that's another uh, good point, Jace. That uh, people are again. Right, exactly. It's not like it's not like back when I had cable and I could just go between channels. Right. So anyway, uh, Elon Musk, he addressed the controversy around that anti-Semitic theory that he reposted on X and the advertiser exodus that soon followed. While Musk said that endorsing that post was a mistake, he told the large advertisers that left the platform after Media Matters set them screenshots to go F themselves. Oh, he says, that's a good business model. That'll bring him back. Yeah. He says, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, black well, blackmail me with money, go F yourself. Go F yourself. Is that clear? Then he said, hi, Bob. Uh, it was Bob Iger, head of Disney, who was in the audience, one of the large advertisers that walked away. All right. So, I mean, is this blackmail or is it just brands trying not to associate themselves with something that could be seen as hateful and would alienate a large number of their fan base? Yeah, I, I I don't know. Elon Musk never fails to amaze me lately. I I used to be Team Elon Musk when he first came on the scene. I thought he was great. I thought he was amazing. I thought he was a cool guy. Uh, I was even like Elon for president. And and now I I don't know what that guy. What, well, what's I, what's wrong with this guy? I think he I I think he experienced a culture shock when he took over Twitter X because. It seems like he's a guy that doesn't like to be challenged. I, I'm guessing he's probably surrounded by a bunch of yes people. That's exactly it. Right. And they tell him everything he does is right. Everything he does is correct. Yes, Mr. Musk. That's a great idea. Yes. yeah, You're exactly right. And, and anybody that, that challenges him, he gets rid of them or tells him where to go. Right. He's shocked because he was so insulated for so long. Uh-huh. And I get it that he's one of, you know, he's one of the people rich enough to tell people who you know, are supporting his business or people giving him money to go F themselves. But he really just kind of came across as like a spoiled rich kid throwing a tantrum. Yes, Elon Musk. Name your kids XYZ LMNOP. That's a great name or whatever they're <laughs> named. What is yeah. that one's name? <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully like they came up with like an easier to pronounce nickname for them. But yeah, I think that's what it was. I mean, at Tesla, at SpaceX, X A A dash X two Musk. It's called. That sounds like a password. For know, life. Right. Um, I'm going to use that. But you know, back, back when he was head of these companies, and only these companies, um, he could operate in secret, and what he says goes. Now, all of his decisions, everything he does, is very public. Public, yeah. And so, when you know the public, there's backlash against them. I think he. I, I think he genuinely gets surprised. He genuinely gets offended, and he's genuinely like, "What's wrong with these people?" Yeah, he throws uh, a temper everyone, tantrum. Right. Everyone in my circle is telling me I'm right, and uh, you know, these there's something wrong with these people. Right. So, well, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> uh, Renee, you've been doing morning radio much longer than I have. Um, is this is this twelve days of Christmas cost assessment? Is this like a rite of passage every year for I think morning it radio? Is. It is, especially when the uh, the news cycle is slow. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably exactly uh, which is usually around Christmas time. 
right? Every year, PNC Bank, they do an annual study on how much it would cost to buy everything from the song 12 Days of Christmas. If you bought everything once, it would be $46,730. But if you bought all the gifts, the amount of times they're sung, like if you bought, you would buy 12 drummers drumming once, but you'd buy a partridge in a pear tree 12 times, that would cost you $201,000. Right. So because of inflation, that $46,730, it's up 2.7%. Which is less than I thought. Yeah, it's really not bad. Right, right. So I'm not going to read the whole list, uh, but I'll just pick out some interesting things. 12 12 drummers drumming would be $3,468. 11 pipers piping, which I don't know what that was. What I I don't really know what that is. Um, Um, I don't either. If somebody were to give me 11 pipers piping, I, what am I doing with this? Could you maybe got me like an iPad pipe or something? Fi- are they pipe fitters? <laughs> could you, I, I, could you r- get away with two just I, so they can harmonize? Are they musicians? Oh, I thought they were pipe fitters. Okay, go on. Could they Could you maybe, could they maybe have just uh, filmed the cameo and I could have watched it on my phone? Right. Uh, that's $3,200. And for some reason, that's the only that's the only expense that they don't explain on this list, All probably because right. they don't even know what exactly. 11 pipe like, what do they look up? All right. Ten, ten Lords of Leapin. That, this is the most expensive one. And, and since it's the 10th day, you'd have to buy this, what, three times? Yeah. 14539 And that's based on how much it would cost to hire 10 dancers from the Philadelphia Ballet. They what if I dance. Just, yeah, that's, you better work it. Again, can you, just, can you get away with two? All right. <laughs> or could I maybe go to a smaller city? How much would it cost to hire people from like the Des Moines ballet or something? I don't know. The Bay city ballet. It might be cheaper, but they don't leap. Right. They don't leap quite as high. They're not quite in sync. (laughs) Right. They might, they kind of hop. Right. They kind of hop haphazardly. All right. So this one, eight maids of milking, $58. They're basing that on hiring eight people to do it at federal minimum wage at seven twenty five an hour. Obviously in Michigan it'd be more than that. However, this doesn't seem like a minimum wage job. No, this it is aren't they mechanical now? Don't they have like like mechanical milkers now? Right. What kind of, again, this would be so, what am I gonna do? You oh, know, it's time me, for a break for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason doesn't want to hear anymore. Uh, Hold on, Jason. I don't want this to go any further than it has. (laughs) No, don't worry. I'm going to keep it PC. Okay, go on. Um, Yeah. I I mean, eight maids of milking, that's the eighth day. So you got five days left. You're going to end up with 40 women milking cows. So do you have to buy the cows too? I mean, we can make some good steaks. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Maybe you can, maybe you could sell the milk at market and and make a profit. There we go. I mean, seven twenty-five an hour. This this doesn't seem like something someone would do for seven twenty-five an nah, hour. Nah, I'm out. It's gross. There's probably some. Uh, there's probably some uh, danger involved. And a partridge in a pear tree is three hundred and nineteen dollars. Uh, and that the price of the bird actually did not increase. The tree is up fifteen percent, reflecting overall growth in housing costs. So, Didn't the price of right. Christmas trees go up anyway? So. <laughs> Probably. I've, yeah. we've, we use a fake Christmas tree. All right. We got to get out of here. Um, we'll be back. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale. And as always, we like to bring in the JR Morning Crew. Minus Guy Gordon. He's off today. We bring in Lloyd Jackson, Jamie Edmonds. Good morning, crew. Good morning. Well, it is morning. December. F- Good morning. 
Uh, it's December first, so I want to. I've got to ask everybody. Okay. Are we prepared for Whamageddon? <laughs> what? Whamageddon? I, I, I'm giving you guys a little heads up. You're going to start seeing this all over the internet. It's this okay. challenge uh, to go as long as possible without hearing Wham's cr- uh, classic Christmas song, oh. Last Christmas. <laughs> First of uh, all, I ga- love that song, so I'm into it. So you're tapping out early. Yeah, I'll put it on myself. I mean, okay. well, you know, I, I thought we would probably be hearing more of uh, Mariah Carey. I, That's true. I, 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 I could die know. happy if I don't hear Mariah Carey. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, I, maybe, yeah, maybe you can uh, bring your your uh, you you can pick your own song for this challenge. The uh, game starts December first and it finishes on December twenty fifth. Uh, only the original version applies. So if you hear a remix or a cover, uh, okay. you're still in the game. So okay. I know Taylor Swift and Jimmy Eat World have one. But as soon as you recognize the song, you're out. So uh, it sounds like uh, sounds like Jamie's not participating. I've heard it about two or three times since Black Friday, so I don't really like my chances here. It, it's it's kind of like getting Rick rolled. Well, here's <laughs> it's the Christmas version of getting Rick rolled. Here's another problem we have in our lobby. Christmas music is playing. That's right. Oh yeah. So after you park, you never know what you're going to get. That's right. Right. And, and I guess uh, I guess that's the thing. Whamageddon can strike anywhere. <laughs> it's like a Christmas asteroid. Yeah, right. You got people. You got people looking around, all paranoid. Oh, no, no, Saint Michael, no. But yeah, there, there's worse songs. Like uh, I would definitely play this game with the Christmas shoes. I absolutely Ugh. hate that Christmas song, and uh, I'm I'm it's like sad. Renee with Mariah Carey. So I know, <sighs> right? I don't want to be bumped out for Christmas. I, I want to hear about no. About, you want to be happy? I want to hear about sleigh rides. Yes. I want to hear about Santa. You could even openly flirt with Santa like Santa Baby, which is kind of weird, but okay. You don't want to hear, uh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Wow. I like that one. <laughs> Lloyd. Uh, can we just put this out there that Lloyd needs to cut an album? He <laughs> does. Whatever. I would totally buy what? it. <laughs> what range? Go on the corner and sell your CDs, <laughs> Lloyd. I'm telling Out you. the trunk of the car. Yeah. <laughs> Get Karen Newman and Lloyd together. <laughs> cut a Christmas in Detroit album. Well, uh, Lloyd oh said that he used to go caroling. I did. Oh, my gosh. I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We did it. And uh, when I was in school, we did it as well. We had, you know, I was always in all the Christmas plays and Christmas things. And then we had, you know, we used to have the Christmas sing here. Right. Uh, at JR. And I always participated in that where we sung all the Christmas uh, songs and stuff with Santa Claus. It was great. Yeah. Did your back ever get tired from having to carry everyone else's bad singing <laughs> during the Christmas thing? You know, but, every, but but for the most part, everybody sounded really good. Forward down the field. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll be hearing that Monday. Yes, yes. I mean, so Lloyd, what's your range? Are, are you a, are you a tenor? Are you a baritone? I've, I've heard you get uh, I've heard you get up high for well, uh, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, well, when I was in choir at school, I was always a bass or a baritone, but I could sing tenor. So if the tenor needed some strength, she would put me over in the tenor section, and I would sing tenor. So I can do a little bit of both, and I have a pretty decent falsetto, too, so I can sing a little, you know, Smokey and a little, uh, you know, Temptations, uh, Eddie Kendricks as well. So, What do you prefer? 
Uh, I prefer the baritone because <laughs> you can only do that high stuff for a little bit. You know, once you sing a song a few times and you've rehearsed it, it tears your throat up. <laughs> you know, I uh, I was in choir in eighth grade because I, I it got you out of gym class and I didn't want to run the mile. You know what? So I started. I started surprise, the year. Surprise! <laughs> I, I started love that the meme. year. I know. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I started the year as an alto, and I finished the year as uh, whatever the, the the next lowest one was. So, uh, all right. Uh, I, I I would hate to be an elementary school um, uh, choir teacher. Oh, we got to go. Yesterday marked the two year anniversary of the Oxford High School shooting. Oakland County Mike Bouchard's officers were on the scene within minutes, and he reflects on that day with Tom Jordan and Kevin Dietz on All Talk. Two years later, Kevin. Uh, these investigations have revealed significant system failures at Oxford. I think now people are just wondering if things have gotten safer or not at the high school. Yeah, on Oxford Remembrance Day, we want to remember the victims, Madison Baldwin, Hannah St. Juliana, Tate Meyer, Justin Schilling, all their families, friends, classmates, teachers, uh, the entire community. Uh, we look back uh, and remember what happened and, and look at ways to prevent it from ever happening again. No one better to do that than uh, Oakland County Sheriff Mike Bouchard, who joins us now. Uh, good morning, Sheriff. How are you? Good morning. Uh, thanks for being here. I, look, I, I know you get up to the school frequently. You show up with the, the your, your sheriff's mascot dog. I think it's Max uh, to see the kids. How, 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 how is the community doing two years later? Yeah, I mean, there's still lots of open wounds that I frankly think will never go away. You know, they say time, you know, heals all. I don't really think it does. I think what it helps you to do is have a process to right foot, left foot, take one step forward each day and and to try to move forward. But you never, never heal. You never forget, especially if you've lost a family member in such a traumatic way. And, you know, we, as you said, we take all of our trauma comfort dogs there as often as we can and do everything we can to support them in that process, processing of that tragedy. But it's an ongoing thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think there's probably ever closure. Uh, but uh, the community does like to see that um, that people remember and care about them and that they're doing things to make sure this doesn't happen again, that, that we learned. Uh, what, what, what have we learned uh, from from this terrible tragedy? Well, the, the, the most important thing, and I've said this you know, long before and I continue to say it now, share information. Everyone needs to be looped in on anything that's of concern. Because if one party knows it and other ones don't, then things can fall through the crack, and they do and have. And so it's important because oftentimes um, students or teachers are in a position to first hear about something that's concerning. And if they don't share that with us and we don't all put our heads together and figure out what the next steps are, things fall through the cracks. So for us, the policy is very clear that if there's a concerning situation, a potential threat or safety issue, either harm to self or others, we go in, immediately make the situation safe. Um, make sure that the school, the office or house of worship, whatever the situation is, is safe. And then we do a follow-on visit to the home. If it's involving uh, a juvenile, for example, we'll go talk to the parents and determine availability and accessibility of weapons. So that happens automatically in our process. 
It's got to be frustrating for you then because, you know, two years later, you talk about everyone should share what they know about what had occurred so we can better, you know, help the victims in this, but also prevent these future tragedies. But there's been a lot of refusal from, you know, some of the teachers or some of the staff or the district in general to cooperate with investigations and investigators specifically. Um, What do you make of that? And has that been a frustration for you? Well, the frustration for us is that we don't share information every day, all day, about everything, whether it's this situation or others, because we know that's, again, where tragedies often occur. If you go back and study, as I have, every active shooter or tragedy across the globe for 20 years, there's always been someone that said, "Ah, I just always thought he'd be the one, or I knew something was off, or he said something or did something. And those clues don't get shared robustly enough, mm. and then the situation doesn't get intervention, which it needs intervention to stop it before it happens. And then once it's stable, you figure out next steps forward. We do that all the time. We've intervened numerous times and you know, prevented what I think would be absolutely fatal situations. One time, parents told us about a, a child that um, at dinner had told them another child said that they were going to bring a gun to school the next day and, you know, shoot somebody. This was a six-year-old saying it. The parents didn't dismiss it. Mm. They brought us in the loop. We were at the school the next day and took a, a gun from a six-year-old. And that was years ago. Mm. That's our process. And, you know, we're never too busy to be bothered by this. We'd rather check out a thousand nothings and miss one real deal. Yeah, that, that was very effective. And that could have been effective in this case as well. When you look at the Oxford High School shooting, and you mentioned all the, you know, 20 years or so that you've been studying every other mass shooting around the world. Can you compare and contrast Oxford to these other shootings? What are the similarities? What are the differences? Well, the similarities are people knew of concerning behavior. Obviously, the parents, um, other uh, some other kids did. His friend that was moved out of uh, state there were a lot of people that, you know, saw things going on with this individual, and we weren't looped in the process. The first time he came to our attention was, you know, the tragic day. So, you know, that's obviously one of the key findings that um, almost all these situations across the country have. We're talking you with know, Oakland so- County Sheriff Michael Bouchard. Uh, I remember uh, after the incident in Oxford, there were all these false alarms at all these uh, other schools. It, it seems so cruel uh, to me that uh, people could do this. How, how important is ongoing emotional support for everybody involved here? Oh, it's huge. And we work closely with the All for Oxford Resiliency Center in partnership with Common Ground. Um, mental health has been an increasing crisis across this country. And we've talked about this, uh, you guys and myself, numerous times. I think the federal government and the state government have walked or walked away from a full continuum of mental health services. And we see people going into crisis every day. And, you know, that that's critically important. And we encourage people, ask for help. That's strength, not weakness. And so many people need help, and we're here to support them. But we need to have a full continuum of services to refer them to so they get the help they need in the setting they deserve. Yeah, talk more about the All for Oxford Resiliency Center. I mean, how does that uh, help the community, and how can the communities outside the school system uh, contribute to the recovery and the prevention efforts within the school system? Well, and it, it goes beyond that, Tom. You know, it goes to other communities. I can tell you immediately after um, the Oxford tragedy, I was in different parts of the county, quite a distance from uh, Oxford, 
and teenage kids would come up to me um, and you could see the fear in their eye, the anxiety. I had, you know, young teenage boys who I'd never met or talked to come up and, you know, look to me and I, and actually give me a hug for reassurance. I would hug them and they very much tuned in and appreciated. It, it spread well beyond the borders of that high school in the, in the community. And so all of us have to talk and support each other, communicate, find best practices to prevent it in the future. Uh, train, do different things. That's one thing Oxford did very well that's been a little bit lost, is we trained with them a lot. Once that situation started, they went into the protocols that we trained them and taught them and went into a very good lockdown. So the shooter never went into a classroom, never made it into the classroom. It was all in the hall. It doesn't make it any less tragic in terms of the loss or the pain, but it potentially saved lives. Do you think at this point we finally have the transparency that families were looking for to get all the answers in a full investigation? You know, I, I think no matter how many answers many people get, there will still be questions they have and, and pain they feel. And the most we can do is to just kind of keep, you know, digging further, answering more questions, do the best we can to, to make sure they get the answers that they need or are looking for and create a system that doesn't have these cracks where information critical to any situation fall um, through without sharing that information and inter intervening when, when it is very clearly possible.